In the small town of Vanderhoof, BC, on the night of Friday, May 27, 2011, Dawn Scott was at home with her husband when she heard her daughter, Maddie, walk through the front door. Dawn knew that Maddie was spending the night at Hogsback Lake with a friend, and so she asked her why she'd returned home. Maddie explained that the tent she had brought out to the campsite was missing several tent poles, and so she was home to grab them. Dawn told Maddie to have fun, to be safe, that they would see each other tomorrow, and that, most importantly, that she loved her. With a wide smile, Maddie said goodbye and walked out the front door. Maddie jumped into her beat-up truck, an old Ford F-150, where waiting inside was her best friend, Jordy Bulldog. The two were excited. They heard about a party at Hogsback Lake through Facebook and decided to camp overnight so that they wouldn't have to worry about driving home drunk. It was the first time the two of them had gone camping together, so this was also a special occasion. After a quick stop at 7-Eleven to buy snacks, the two made the drive to Hogsback Lake. After setting up their tent and gathering some firewood, they arrived back at the campsite and found the party in full swing. While Maddie and Jordy sat around the fire and began drinking, more and more people arrived at Hogsback. Apparently news of the party had spread, and as many as 46 people were in attendance. They were all drinking and having a good time, the way the kids in small towns do. It was getting late, and the party was winding down when Jordy drunkenly tripped and fell into the fire. She wasn't seriously hurt, but a friend offered to take her to his house nearby. Jordy told Maddie that she was going to go with him, and she wanted Maddie to come with her. Maddie refused. Her tent was already set up, and she was ready to climb into her sleeping bag. Jordy left Hogsback Lake at 2.30 a.m. on May 28, 2011, and Madison Scott went into her tent and fell asleep. Jordy had no idea that when she said goodbye and left the party that night, that it would be the last time that she or anyone else would ever see Madison Scott. I'm Taryn Gorbon, and this is Monograph. In the morning, several partiers returned to Hogsback Lake to clean up. They saw Maddie's tent and her truck parked nearby, but they didn't think to check it. They assumed that she was sleeping. That night, there was another party at Hogsback Lake, with as many as 150 people attending. No one saw Maddie, and the entire time, her truck and tent sat alone among the chaos of the party. Dawn and Eldon Scott, Maddie's parents, tried calling Maddie's cell phone, you know, just to check in, but it would go straight to voicemail. They weren't worried just yet. They knew that the cell service at Hogsback could be spotty, plus Maddie was independent, 
and she was, after all, an adult who could take care of herself. But on Sunday, Dawn decided to get a hold of Jordy and see if she knew where Maddie was. She spoke with Jordy's mom, who told her that Jordy had been in since early Saturday, and Dawn felt her stomach drop as the panic began to set in. She called her husband, who was at work, and the two decided to drive to Hogsback Lake and look for their daughter. When they arrived, they found her truck and her tent, but there was no sign of Maddie. While Eldon searched around the perimeter of the campsite, Dawn spotted some campers who were there for the party the night before. They were friends with Maddie, and they told Dawn that her truck and tent had been there all night, and that no one saw Maddie. Dawn walked back to Maddie's truck, where she pulled out her phone and dialed 911. Her daughter was missing, and they needed help. RCMP officers arrived at Hogsback Lake shortly after Dawn and Eldon reported Maddie missing. They were soon joined by search and rescue teams from Prince George, Burns Lake, and Fort St. James. As news of Maddie's disappearance spread, hundreds of volunteers from the community assisted in the search efforts. A local pilot from Vanderhoof even volunteered his helicopter and began surveying the area while the lake was searched by boat using sonar. The next day, with no trace of Maddie to be found, they continued their search, but on Monday, May 30th, authorities concluded that Maddie left Hogsback Lake by vehicle and the official ground search was called off. This didn't stop the community, though. They continued a grid search of Hogsback. Volunteers searched the trails with ATVs and began door-to-door canvassing. Missing posters were created, and before long, all of British Columbia had heard the name Madison Scott. While Madison's family and friends and other community volunteers continued their extensive search of the area around Hogsback Lake, the RCMP assembled a team of 14 investigators dedicated to finding Madison Scott. The investigators' first priority was to identify every person who attended the party on the night that Maddie went missing. Throughout the course of the investigation, the RCMP polygraphed the partygoers, and in the end, they concluded that the person responsible for Maddie's disappearance did not attend the party on that fateful night. Jordy Bulldook, Maddie's friend, was the focus of a lot of attention in the aftermath of Maddie's disappearance. People in the community blamed her for what happened because she left her alone, and now she was gone. For some time, the RCMP considered her a suspect, but after dozens of interviews and two polygraphs, the police cleared her as a suspect. As investigators continued to follow up leads, there was one name that kept popping up, Fribjorn Bjornsson. Frib was 28 years old, a single father of two, and a friend of Maddie's. Rumors abounded that Frib was indebted to local drug dealers and that Maddie had been kidnapped in order to send a message to Frib. He was given a polygraph test, and he, like Jordy, was cleared of any suspicion by authorities. His story, though, took a darker turn 
when on February 3rd, 2012, Fribb's decapitated head was found in a vacant house on Native Reserve near Fort St. James. The RCMP have found no connection between Maddie's disappearance and Fribb's murder. Madison's family continued to search for their daughter. They led searches, made public appearances, and even offered a $15,000 reward for information. As they became more desperate, they raised the reward amount to $25,000, and then finally to $50,000. Today, Don and Eldon Scott are no closer to finding their daughter. In spite of all the searches, all the investigations, all the posters and the billboards, Madison Scott still hasn't been found. Madison Scott was 20 years old when she went missing. She was beautiful, vibrant, independent, and headstrong. She had green eyes with freckles and long red hair. She was loved, not just by her family and friends, but by everyone. While we may never know what happened to her on that fateful night, we must never lose hope that one day we will find Madison Scott. Monograph was written and produced by Taryn Gorbon with music by Robert Ferrugia. If you have any information about the disappearance of Madison Scott that could help authorities, please call the Vanderhoof RCMP at 250-567-2222. Or to remain anonymous, please call Crime Stoppers. Thank you for listening.